0: Hello. And thank you for joining us on this podcast episode of That's in the Bible. I'm Bob Pauline. Our first question today comes from Juline in Los Angeles, California. She wrote down this question. If God loves all men, then why does he have chosen ones to serve him? Juline, thank you for your question. And you know, Juline, you're right. God so loved the world, in fact, in that very uh, famous uh, quote of our Lord Jesus Christ in John 3.16, he described how he proved his love, which was by giving his only son as a sacrifice. And you're also right in saying that he has chosen ones. And as you also said, the chosen ones were chosen to serve him. But you know, Julian, there's another reason stated in the Bible, which is recorded by uh, uh, the writings in Apostle Peter, 1 Peter 2, verse 9 and verse 10. It says, but you are a chosen people, royal priests, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. You were chosen to tell about the wonderful acts of God who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. At one time you were not a people, but now you are God's people. In the past you had never received mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. So here, julian God shows us yet another reason why he has his chosen set-apart people. He is expecting us to lead others out of darkness and into the light of truth. How are, how are we to do that? By telling others about the wonderful acts of God. And you know, Jolene, here's how our Lord Jesus Christ described that responsibility. The responsibility of God's chosen to be fruitful, to bear fruit. It was worded this way and quoted in the book of John, chapter 15. This is the description given there by the none other than the Savior himself. You did not choose me, I chose you and appointed you to go and bear much fruit, the kind of fruit that endures. And so the Father will give you whatever you ask of him in my name. So here Jesus described the uh, reason or one of uh, the additional reasons for God choosing Jesus used the term appointing and the purpose was to bear fruit in fact to use such terminology as bearing much fruit and you you know Julene regarding that uh, issue of God's choosing or in the words of Jesus appointing people to be fruitful it's important to note that what the world has done and the kind of response that God has to it. That's recorded here in Psalm 4, verse 2 as well as 3. It says, How long will you people insult me? How long will you love what is worthless and go after what is false? Remember that the Lord has chosen the righteous for his own, and he hears me when I call to him. Another thing then to consider is that the choosing of God was after man's rebellion. In fact, here described as uh, insults in embracing what is false. And God then chose the righteous to be his very own. The biblical doctrine concerning God's choosing righteous for his own is so vitally important. We have another question from Nolan in Avon Avon, Connecticut. Let's hear what Nolan has asked. Oh, what's God's like, idea about unconditional love and who it applies to, or if it applies to a specific person or race in today? Terminology is, in, is important, also uh, Nolan, when it comes to your question, because in fact, all of us are of one race, the human race. And although there may be varying uh, ethnicities and nationalities, but all people are of the human race. And yes, the Bible does record so much about God's love. And God loves all people so much and has proven it. Here's the greatest way God has proven his love for mankind. In the book of Romans chapter 5, it's described the love of God is... Described like this, or proven, let's say that it's proven in this way. Verses 8 and 9. But God has shown us how much he loves us. It was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. By his blood we are now put right with God. How much more then? We will be saved by him from God's anger. And this is this is the love of God uh, uh, that he uh, Nolan that he gave his his son sacrificed his son as an evidence of that love. This is a conditional love, meaning that is it for a particular race or ethnicity? Is this uh, 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 a love that is uh, ex- extended but with partiality? So here's what Apostle Paul wrote there in that Romans two eleven. For God shows no partiality. Very direct answer of the Holy Scripture. So, Nolan, the Bible shows that God judges all people by the same set of rules, the, the, the same set of laws. And, in fact, he further categorically stated that fact in uh, 2.11, of another rendition of the scriptures here in the, in the Good News uh, Bible, 2.11, is uh, worded like this. For God judges everyone by the same standard. So it's, there's no uh, differentiality or partiality. God judges everyone uh, not by their, their race or such things as that. God loves his creation, mankind. And, and, and what people sometime, uh, sometimes pose, Nolan, very similar to your question, is they, they really want to hone in on, uh, uh, on, on race, uh, thinking that uh, uh, God has, is uh, somehow discriminating between people. Oh, No. Very clearly from these verses, that's, that's not the case. Is there any indication categorically that race has nothing to do with God's earnest desire to save people? Galatians chapter three, verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. What is important to the Lord then is that we are all one in Christ Jesus. Once we are in Christ, well, it is no longer important whether we are, uh, what ethnicity we may have our roots uh, within. Uh, what's important is that we are all united and in Christ, if then one is outside of Christ, outside of his body, outside of his church, one needs to enter into it, receive the love of God, which is unconditional for those who are in Christ. Our last question is from Jordan in San Diego, California. Jordan wrote to us this question. If there is really one true church, then why are there so many different religions in the world? Jordan, you're right. Let's ask with you this question. How many churches does the Bible say Jesus built? Did he say, like Jordan, that Jesus built just one? Or did he build all of these different religions that are so prevalent in the world nowadays? Let's take a look at the words of Jesus himself here in Matthew 16:18. The Bible says... So I tell you, you are Peter, on this rock, I will build my church, and the power of death will not be able to defeat it. Here, Jordan, the Bible makes clear, in the word quoting the words of Jesus directly, that upon this rock, I will build my church church he did not say upon this rock I'm gonna build a whole bunch of churches everyone just pick one maybe the nearest one near to your house whatever is convenient whatever happens to uh, uh, tickle your own fancy what you like well no he said very clearly I will build my church singular in nature why we've uh, cited several times on, on this broadcast Colossians 1 18 and he is the head of his body the church because the church is the very own body of Christ and he's the head of it the head does not have many different bodies therefore many different churches No, the Bible describes it as being one in all things so yes Jordan you're correct the church built by Jesus is just one and it has very uh, specific and unique attributes In uh, Ephesians uh, chapter four, the singularity of the church was uh, further emphasized here in Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Uh, We'll read verses four, five, and six, where he described it like this. There is one body and one spirit, just as there is one hope to which God has called you. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, There is one God and Father of all people who is Lord of all, works through all, and is in all. So, Jordan, the Bible is clear in its teaching that Jesus built only one church, and the singularity of the church was described here, that it has one faith, it has one baptism, it is singular in all its elements. And, you know, Jordan, you also made mention that, well, you noticed that, in this world nowadays, there's not only one church, but in fact, there's a multitude of religions out there. And you, you asked, where did they come from? They have their origin in a very common mistake made by so many people. And here's how Apostle Paul described that mistake, which is at the core of many false religions in the world. In Romans 10, let's uh, let's read together verse 2 and 3. I can assure you that they are deeply devoted to God, but their devotion is not based on true knowledge. They have not known the way in which God puts people right with himself, and instead they have tried to set up their own way, and so... They did not submit themselves to God's way of putting people right. Jordan, what was God's way? He had sent his son who built one true church. They didn't want that way. So what did the apostle Paul write here about what they did? They made their own way, a different way of putting people right, a different way of trying to get people near to God and saved on the upcoming day of judgment. They made their own way, their own religion. But Jesus built just one, His, the Church of Christ. Be with us here inside the Church of Christ. Well, that's all we have time for today. What you've heard is it's just an introduction to the teachings of the Bible taught here in the Church of Christ. And we invite you to learn more and join with us. Please feel free to email your questions about the Bible, about salvation, to answers at incmedia.org. Make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast, That's in the Bible, and turn on your notifications for new episodes. I'm Brother Bob Pauline, and we hope you join us next time for more programming of the Iglesia Ni Cristo Church of Christ. To watch episodes of That's in the Bible, go to incmedia.org. Thanks again for listening. God bless.